You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. The disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus says some amazing things, and we've been spending the last couple weeks studying out each of these and applying them to our lives. And hopefully it's been as helpful to you as I feel that it's been helpful to me. If you've missed any of them, all of them are on our website. They've all been recorded, and you can go back and you can listen to them. But today we're going to continue our series. Today we are on verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy is a powerful thing, isn't it? Mercy, in short, is showing kindness, showing generosity, showing love when you don't have to. That's what mercy is. I don't know about you, but I need mercy in my life. You know, in the New Testament, people begged Jesus for mercy. They begged him. They didn't just request it. They begged, please give us mercy. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, two blind men followed Jesus and begged for mercy. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 22, a woman begged for mercy for her daughter. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 15, a man begged Jesus for mercy for his son. People followed Jesus and begged for this. That's how powerful this thing is, this mercy. And the truth is, we should beg for mercy. We're right to beg for mercy. Why? Because God is supreme, isn't he? God is all-powerful. God is everything, and we need his mercy. Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 16, it says, What shall we say then? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not then, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. You see, we should beg for mercy. Because God is supreme and we need mercy. But lucky for us, lucky for us, guess what? God is abundant and generous with his mercy, isn't he? You ever feel that in your life? Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, 
verses 3 through 6. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is what? Rich in mercy. God, who is rich. You know, not just getting by, not just making ends meet in mercy. God is rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? I mean, we do need God's mercies, but gratefully, thankfully, God is generous and abundant and rich in mercy. And you know, God, who is rich in mercy and has a lot of mercy, God expects us to be people of mercy. He expects us to be people who have mercy, who are mercy full. Luke chapter 10 in verses 36 and 37, after Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, remember that story? Remember, there was a story about a guy who was robbed and beaten and left for dead. And three people passed him by. Two of them just kept on going. But the third guy came up and helped him and helped him. The third guy who was happened to be an outcast, a Samaritan. After telling this story, Jesus then turns to the guy who asked the, the question and it prompted the story. He says in Luke 10, he says to the man, he says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. That was the neighbor. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. See, God is incredibly abundant and rich in mercy. But then God turns around to us and expects us to be people of mercy. In fact, Jude 1 verse 22 just simply says, be merciful. To those who doubt. I mean, that's what God expects of us. So the question for us this morning is, are you merciful? Are you a person that is full of mercy? Not just a little bit, not just sort of eking out mercy here and there a little, but a person that is full of it, full of mercy. That's what God wants us to be. Blessed are the merciful. The promise is that we will be shown mercy when we are merciful. You know, mercy is demonstrated in multiple ways in the Bible. Multiple ways. And there's multiple ways we can show mercy today. One of the ways that mercy is shown in the Bible is by the giving of gifts. You know, in uh, Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth, the Bible says, was barren. She was beyond she was she was not able to have a baby and later in the chapter god gave her a baby john john the baptist and in luke chapter 1 verses 57 and 58 it 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 equates elizabeth equates the birth this gift from god as god showing his great mercy and so one of the ways that we can be merciful people is we can give gifts We can give gifts the way God gives. That's how we show mercy. Giving gifts when people don't expect gifts is a merciful thing to do. Another way 
that mercy was shown in the Bible is acceptance. Acceptance. You know, especially of people who are outcasts. You know, people who are not accepted people. In uh, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is sitting with a bunch of, quote, sinners, it says. Right? And he's with these sinners. And he's being critiqued and criticized because he's eating with sinners. Right? And his response to the people who are critiquing them is he says to the, the person who's, who's being critical of him, he says, go and learn what this means. And then he quotes the Old Testament. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And so he equates this accepting of these outcasts as mercy. In fact, he tells people, go and learn. And he say, well, what does that mean, Phil? I don't know. Go and learn. Do it. Go figure it out. Go learn what it means that he desires mercy, not sacrifice. Don't go right now. I mean, we're not done. Wait till we're done. All right, go. Don't go right now. I desire mercy. So mercy is demonstrated in different ways. Are you a merciful person? Mercy is demonstrated in the giving of gifts, giving of acceptance. Mercy is demonstrated in kindness. Mercy is demonstrated in kindness in serving other people and taking care of other people's needs. In Mark chapter 10, a blind man named Bartimaeus came. He heard Jesus was going by and he yelled and he yelled for Jesus. And the people around said, be quiet, be quiet, don't bother Jesus. And he kept yelling, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped, called the man over, said to the man, what is it that you want? And the guy said, I want to see. And Jesus said, okay. And gave him his vision. Mercy is kind acts of service that we do for each other. In Acts chapter 9, it's talking about a woman named Tabitha. And the same, uh, the same, the, the word here, it talks about how she was always doing good and helping the poor. That also can be translated as showing mercy or showing pity. And so the Bible teaches us here that compassion and pity and mercy on other people and serving other people is, is mercy. Acts chapter 10, the same thing is said about Cornelius. talks about how he gave generously. Again, the word meaning to show mercy to people in need. I was so recently convicted about this in my own heart. I got a, uh, I was contacted by a sister in New Jersey in our, in our uh, church there. She asked me if I would be willing to go visit her son. Her son is in prison in, in the Orange County Correctional Facility in Goshen. And so she contacted me and said, would you be willing to go talk to my son, go meet my son? And I'll be honest with you, my first thought was, uh, I, don't, I don't have time to go visit somebody in prison. That was my first thought. You know, I mean, I don't even know where that is. I don't even know how that works. Do I just show up? I mean, I don't even, that was my first thought. And right at the same time I had that thought, I remembered Matthew chapter 25. Do you know what Matthew chapter 25 is? Jesus talks about judgment day. And he's talking metaphorically about it. And he's talking about how that that will be the day when we, when he will separate the sheep from the goats, the sheep being people who follow, who are soft hearted, who are willing to follow. And the goats being the stubborn, 
and the obstinate and the difficult. And he says, we're going to separate these out and the sheep will go to heaven and the goats will not. And the people will say on that day, wait, how am I a sheep? What? I don't understand. When did I, when did I, when did I become a sheep? And he went through and in that parable, he talks about ways that people can be sheep. And one of the things he says that makes us a sheep, that makes us good hearted is people who visit people in prison. Uh, I mean, you can't get more specific than that, right? I was like, wow. All right. Wow. I was like, I am being a goat right now. I was cut. I mean, I was convicted. I was like, all this, all this went through my head while she's asking me. And, And so my response was, absolutely. Of course, I will go visit your son. Absolutely. And honestly, I was so thankful for our brother, Michael Centauri, because I, I asked Michael, I told Michael about it. I said, would you want to go? And he goes, absolutely, I would want to go. And I was excited that he went with me because, you know, I came and I brought, you know, you know, we sat and talked with this young man for like an hour there at prison. And, and I brought sort of a, a degree of spirituality. Clearly, by my initial response, I didn't bring that much spirituality. But I brought some degree of spirituality, right? You know, I could talk to him. I'm a minister. I can talk about it. But that was kind of it, right? This kid had a tough background. But I was so happy that Michael Santoria was there with me. Because Michael, he, you know, Michael not only was able to talk about the spiritual things because he's a Christian, but he's also able to talk about his tough background, how he grew up. And he was able to relate to this guy. So not only did he give him hope spiritually, but he's able to connect with him and say, listen, this is how I grew up. And not only that, Michael works in law enforcement, so he's able to bring that as well. The whole, you know, here, here's how you need to handle yourself. Here's the inside scoop. Here's what you need to think about. I was sitting there going, thank you, God, for Michael, for coming with me. My, I was there, you know, but Michael was like a triple threat, man, you know. Michael was like, he was, a, he was, I was like, I don't know, what do you think, Michael? <laughs> you know, it was amazing. And I was so convicted, so convicted about my lack of willing to show mercy to somebody in need. This is, this is what it means to be people of mercy. Are you a person who is full? That's what the word means, merciful, right? It's right there. It's right there, full, not just a little bit, not just two or three percent, but full. It just sort of overflows like our heavenly father, rich, rich in mercy. Are you compassionate? You know, we have just right here within our ministry, we have ways. We already have things set up in which you can be merciful. You know, we have the the soup angels that Tanisha does such an amazing job organizing and putting together. And we do this about every other month on a Wednesday night. That's a lot of work. That's hard work. It's only about three or four hours, but it's, it's, it's hard work to do that. And I'm encouraged when I go because of the people that go. But I got to tell you, it's the same people that go. And, and amen for those people that go. Praise God. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the rest of us. Have you ever thought of going? Have you ever thought, man, you know what? I should probably go. You know, it is only once every couple months. Have you ever thought of that? Or do you just leave it to whomever else is going to do it? You know, we have, uh, we're doing a blood drive on September 11th. 
You know, we do this every year as a way to serve and to help other people when we will have an opportunity to sign up. I know some of us we can't. I know we have physical reasons we can't. But has it crossed your mind? Hey, maybe I should consider doing it. I don't I just that's not my thing. Well, maybe it should be your thing. That's mercy. Right. In October, we're going to be doing five weeks of Saturday Academy five weeks and again it's always inspiring and you know that's a lot of work too except for chris gray he just sits around and doesn't really do much but for the rest of us like now and uh no i'm kidding bro i'm kidding it's a lot of work and again it's always inspiring but i'm inspired when i go because it's the same people but it's kind of not inspiring because it's the same people you know i would encourage you brothers and sisters you know we do it for five weeks could you do one Could you do one week? Yeah, that's not really my thing. Could it become your thing? Could it just maybe not even be about you? Could it be about people who have needs? Could it? Just think about it. God, who is rich in mercy, gives mercy to us. This is one way we can show mercy. We can. There's a lot of ways that we can show mercy. We can be people. We can be givers giving gifts. We can show acceptance, especially to people who are hurting. We can do kind acts of service. You know, another way we can show mercy, and this is probably the big way. All right. This is the big one. This one's going to hit us right in the heart. I think. Ready? Forgiveness. That's the primary way God shows mercy to us. Forgiveness. Forgiveness towards other people people that's a huge way that we can show mercy let me camp out on this one for a little bit all right let me read you a a great illustration that jesus gave about this this is in matthew chapter 18 beginning in verse 21 this idea of mercy being forgiveness all right this whole idea let me read this to you this one's gonna hurt okay you ready just warning you it, it hurts This is in Matthew chapter 18. Peter, in verse 21, comes to Jesus and he asks, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, you got to think. Peter was probably pretty proud of himself right here, right? I mean, you know, he's probably looking around going, I'm sure Andrew was thinking once, twice, John maybe three times, right? But, Lord, I'm thinking if my brother or sister, if someone hurts me, how many times should I forgive them? I don't know, Lord. What do you think? Seven? Seven times? Right? Seven? Let me just say this to you real quick. If you're keeping track, you're not forgiving. All right? Just right off the bat. If you're like, listen, this is the fifth time I've forgiven you. You're not. They don't count. You didn't forgive. All right? If you're keeping track, you're not forgiving. But here, Peter. Granted, he's probably thinking, here's a good, about seven times, all right? Seven times. What do you think? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. <laughs> wow, all right? I, you know, Jesus was awesome, right? Jesus like, all right, you want to put a number on it? You want to put a number on it? All right, let's talk real numbers. Not seven. Seven, no, that's cute. How about 77 times? When someone hurts you, you you should forgive them 77 times. Now, again, the point isn't that you should be keeping track. Jesus is Jesus point is exactly that you shouldn't be keeping track. 
Listen, then he goes on, and this is what's really convicting. All right, here's the convicting part. Therefore, verse 23, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. He began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents, which if you look in your footnote, that's millions and millions of dollars. All right. This guy owed him an outrageous sum of money. This man was brought to him. Verse 26. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. And I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. Mercy. And canceled the debt and let him go. Wow. Owed him millions of dollars. He begged. He begged for help. And the the guy said, you know what? It's gone. Forgive me. Canceled. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which if you again, you look at your footnotes, that's just a couple bucks. All right. So he found someone who owed him a couple bucks. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. So the role switched now. Now he's in the role of the guy who is owed something. And, and it's not even remotely what he owed the other guy. This guy, the fellow servant, fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servant saw what had happened, They were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. When the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owes. Now, you know what he's saying here, right? You get the point. But in case you didn't, Jesus tells you the point. Verse 35. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers from your heart. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a grudge? Today. Do you have a grudge? Do you need to forgive from your heart? Somebody else. Do you maybe need to be reminded of the great debt you used to owe? But Phil, you don't understand. What this person did to me, the hurt that this person caused in my life is not even com- is, is completely unrelated to my sins in my life. Listen, 
That's the point of the parable. The point is that it is completely unrelated. These were two separate transactions for this guy. One transaction was with the guy that he owed millions of dollars to, and he was completely forgiven. And he turned around, and in a completely separate transaction, a guy that owed him a couple bucks, he was unwilling to show complete mercy to. The point of this parable is they're not unrelated. They're completely related. The the little bit of pain that someone has caused you in your life, and I'm not dismissing the hurt or the sin that someone has done to you. I'm sure it's real. But it's not unrelated to the sins you've committed in your life against other people and against God. The fact that you have been utterly forgiven by God is what should prompt mercy towards other people. You and I should be the most mercyful people on the stinking planet. Shouldn't we? Because we have been forgiven so much. Do you have a grudge? You know, if you have been wronged by somebody, you have an incredible incredible opportunity to extend mercy. But the moment you let your hurt turn into a grudge, you now need mercy. Did you catch that? When you've been wronged, you have an incredible opportunity to extend mercy. But the moment you let the hurt that's been committed to you turn into a grudge or a lack of forgiveness, you now need mercy. You have just put yourself in the same category as the person who hurt you. And quite frankly, you may need to now go apologize to the person. What? Yeah. The person that you're saying, the person that hurt you, you may need to go apologize to him. Yeah. If you got a grudge, that's your fault. But you don't understand, Phil. I don't have to understand. You and I need to be people of mercy because of the great mercy that has been extended to us if you've got a grudge you know what you need to say to the person today you need to the the only thing that comes out of your mouth today needs to be i'm sorry but phil they hurt me yeah and you've held a grudge so say i'm sorry well phil i'm not ready to do that well that's fine then go talk to your creator who's giving you direction that you need to forgive from your heart I'm just telling you man God has forgiven us so much let us please let's be men and women of mercy you know we all need mercy and sometimes I think we just don't want to accept the fact that we need it sometimes we are extended mercy and it doesn't have the effect it should Instead of us making us grateful, it kind of makes us mad a little bit. Last year, I decided I was going to get in shape, right? Decided to start running, and I was out running down the road. I was jogging, right? You know, 
huffing and puffing, and a car pulls up next to me. A woman rolls down the window and says, are you okay? I was like, yeah. She goes, do do you need a ride somewhere? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, come on, man. I am exercising. I'm out here on purpose, right? She's like, I mean, I I wasn't like I was even wearing a suit and a tie. You know, I was like in workout clothing. I was, I thought I I was clearly in worse shape than I realized that someone felt the need that they needed to stop and extend some mercy. Maybe my car was broken down. Maybe I'm running from something. Who knows? And they stopped and extended mercy. But I didn't want it. I didn't think I needed it. So sometimes we're not willing to accept mercy. You know, but I think sometimes, going back to this parable, you know, I often ask myself, and I had a friend say this to me one time, and it's always stuck with me. Why would a guy who just was extended so much mercy, why, why would he turn around? Why would you do that? The Bible doesn't say why. It just says you shouldn't do it. But why would somebody do that? And he had an interesting insight which has sort of always stuck with me. He said, you know what? Maybe the guy didn't really believe he was forgiven. And that kind of stuck with me because as I have talked to people and counseled people through the years, that is often one of the real sources of why people don't extend mercy when they've been hurt is because they don't truly believe that they have been given mercy. Forgiveness is, is unbelievable sometimes true and absolute for you know the bible says that god gives us forgiveness and it is absolute the bible even says god forgets our sins like he doesn't we bring it up he's like i don't even know what you're talking about i forgot and we 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 don't it's hard to really believe that sometimes my wife and i when we used to live in north carolina and we we owned a house down there that we were upside down in meaning that we owed more on the house than it was worth and it was a tough situation and we didn't know what we were going to do and we had multiple loans on this house and that made it even worse because then there were multiple banks involved and so when we moved to new york we had a renter for a little while then the renter fell through and it just became it became an incredible source of stress because how are we going to take care of this house that we still owned down down south and we're living here in new york and what are we going to do and so i wrote letters to all the banks and i begged for mercy I just said, please, is there any way? Here's my circumstances. Could you please help me out? Not long after that, I got a letter from one of the banks. One of the banks. And as I opened up the letter, it was just one page, and I read it. It was a letter of complete loan forgiveness. Almost $60,000 forgiven. Yeah, I did not believe it. I didn't. I read the letter many times. I read the front. I read the back. I searched the fine print. I reread it. I showed it to my wife. She didn't believe it. I read it again. I prayed about it. I called the bank and said, is this real? I mean, is this a scam? I'm looking for the, yeah, all you got to do is call this 1-800 number and give us our credit card. And you, yeah, I was looking like what, I'm like, what, what, what? And the bank, the person at the bank said, no, it's not a scam. It's real. Absolute forgiveness. 
gone. And it reminded me of what I have in Christ. And, and honestly, our forgiveness that we get in Christ is, the, is, is even better. And, and quite frankly, at, at times it's just hard to believe. But I feel so guilty. All right. But you're forgiven. But I, I feel like such a, a failure. All right. You can feel whatever you want, but you're still forgiven. But how, how can maybe this doesn't apply to me? All right. Well, you can think whatever you want, but you're still forgiven. It's mercy, uh, forgiveness, utter forgiveness is hard to believe. And honestly, I think that's what prevents us from being merciful people. We got to remember that God has forgiven us, that he has shown absolute mercy to us. So we can turn around and extend it. And the truth is, mercy is motivating. Isn't it? Matthew chapter 5, in verse 18 and 19, after Jesus had just healed a man who had demons, it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you you and that's what that guy did didn't he he went crazy he told everybody mercy is motivating god has cleansed us god has forgiven us god shows mercy to us so let us go like jesus said let us go and do likewise blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy let's bow we're going to close out with a prayer and then we'll 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 take communion together Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com. 